0: relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Hey, thanks, Todd, and welcome back to Celebrity Interviews
1: with me, Joey Mitchell. Today, we take a look back at a real fun interview I had with television's J.J. Walker. You probably remember him better for dino I thought you would. J.J. was born in Brooklyn, New York, and raised in the Bronx. In fact, he attended Theodore Roosevelt High School in New York City place I was very familiar with when I lived there. Through a New York State-funded program known as SEEK, Search for Education, Evaluation, and Knowledge, he continued his studies and entered into the field of radio engineering with WRVR. As a young man, Walker was a vendor in Yankee Stadium, and he started in the 1964 World Series. I had no idea about that when I talked to him. In 67, Walker began working full-time with WRVR, the radio station of the Riverside Church. In 69, he began performing as a stand-up comic and eventually was discovered by the casting director for Good Times after making appearances on Rowan and Martin's Laughing and on The Jack Parr Show. He eventually released one stand-up comedy album during the height of his Good Times popularity. Die No Might. It was on Budo Records. And during Good Times, Walker was only 26 years old, although his character was much younger. And John Amos, the actor who played his father on Good Times, was only eight years older than Walker himself. Jimmy credits producer-director John Rich for inventing dino My," which Rich insisted Walker say on every episode. Both Walker and executive producer Norman Lear were kind of skeptical of the idea, but hey, the phrase and Walker's character caught on with the audience. Now, here's something you may not know. Off and on camera, Walker did not get along with the series lead, Esther Raleigh. Well, she and Amos, who played his father, disapproved of Walker's increasingly buffoonish character and his popularity, and Walker was hurt by their disdain. Their dissatisfaction led Amos leave the show, and eventually Rowley did too, making Walker the star of the show. And the bad feelings were so thick that Walker was the only good time star not to attend Esther Rowley's funeral. During 1975, Walker was also a weekend personality on contemporary R&B music station KAGB in the LA Market. He appeared on The Tonight Show, The Match Game in the 70s and 80s. He was a five-time panelist on The Match Game, Hollywood Squares Hour. And he also appeared on the revival of the show in the 1990s. That was the same year that Walker returned to his radio roots, hosting shows on four different radio stations in 96. In 2012... He published his autobiography Dynomite Good Times, Bad Times, Our Times, his memoir. Walker described his political ideas in length during his autobiography Dynomite. In it, he calls himself a logicist who believes in logic and common sense, holding conservative positions on many issues. And despite rumors that Walker was dating conservative pundit and author Ann Coulter, he and she both say they're close friends. I think you realize just how smart he is and not that buffoon he portrayed on TV when you hear him during our interview. Here is J.J. Walker of Good Times. The new K-Hits, 921 Sacramento's cool oldie station with the Monkees and Daydream Believers 704. There's a man that I have enjoyed ever since I can remember on a show called Good Times. He's Jimmy J.J. Walker, dino and he's in the studio. How are you, man?
2: Good, how are you?
1: It is great to see you.
2: It's good to be here. A wonderful uh, Laughs Unlimited, as usual. Always coming up with the best entertainment. I hope I'm part of that uh, family.
1: Are you kidding? You're part of our family <laughs> since the '70s, man. You're the man. I've been on your website reading so many of uh, of your comments about the state of comedy, about the world of politics. You are very smart, dude. Uh,
2: how about that. I- you know whatever but I, I try to put down my little stuff in there and i mean this is great
1: stuff I,
2: I put it down and we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> jimmy your, your comments about how how it's, it's so easy to do blue comedy but so hard to do the clean stuff you know i i thought that was great stuff the Kids
2: nowadays you know and i i always hate to sound like that but that's what the kids do and people i think have uh, you know, there's such a thing as marking on a curve. Mm-hmm. And I think that the American public has accepted marking on a curve in terms of comedy. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, the higher level, you look at somebody like a Cosby, mm-hmm. those kind of people like that. Everybody nowadays wants to be prior. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be Richard, Richard. There's one Richard, Richard did it, Richard's gone, time to move on. Mm-hmm. And when Richard did his blue stuff, it had a purpose these guys now have no purpose no rhyme no reason they just throw it out there and the American public unfortunately has accepted that mm-hmm. and that's where we've gone also the television thing has changed and you'll see it on a show like last comic standing where guys have a really tough time doing five minutes of clean comedy mm-hmm. about five minutes mm-hmm. and they can't do it because they don't have it Mm-hmm. And they haven't made an effort to do it. Guys don't write jokes. Guys don't do stuff anymore. But I mean, I don't put down the young guys because that's what they do, and that's what the American public has accepted. And uh, nowadays, you know, I'm like, there's only like five of us. I like <laughs> 750. Like 7,500 guys allegedly make some kind of a living doing comedy, and there's only like maybe less than ten guys who do anything clean make an attempt to do anything clean and you can see it in the shows that we have on the air whether it be death jam local slam comic view whatever Mm -hmm. every you'll see beeps going on every whatever six seconds you know comedy central Mm -hmm. same situation that's what the guys do so that's what the american public has accepted I came from a different era. I feel like I'm from another planet, like Star Trek or something. And it can be done. I mean, if you look at Cosby, and I always throw him up there, he gets his... uh, Most of these kids never knew Richard. I knew Richard. And Richard would tell you, I could never get the laughs that Cosby gets. Mm -hmm. Ever. Mm -hmm. And if you go see Cosby, and a lot of these kids have never even seen Cosby, don't know who Cosby is. And it's strange because... I was talking to some young kids who I took to see Cosby in Vegas, and they didn't like him.
1: Hey, they, no kidding. And
2: I'll tell you why they didn't like him. Because he talks about families. Uh-huh. He talks about people with relationships. These kids don't come from relationships anymore. They don't have uncles and cousins and stuff like They don't know what families are. Uh-huh. They have no idea. And that's just where our society is. And I, I'm not, I mean, I'm as, I'm as low-life as the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> but but that people don't even know what a family is you know something like 20 percent of the american public has been raised by their grandparents yeah, yeah and it's unbelievable in terms of single parents i was talking to my man who's driving me and we and single parents it's like a norm you go to any high school junior high school every mom's a single mom they, they i mean they, you know because I'm a low life and I try to date some of them you 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 just everywhere you go you go I'm a single mom I'm a single mom so I think that the structure and the inner workings of America have changed significantly yeah I don't think we have a family structure like we knew it in my day and I don't I come from a single mom too so I so but my comedy is is straight ahead but I don't want to bore anybody with my little rambling
1: you're tiring <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's it. you started uh, on the jack parr show
2: yes the jack parr show which i don't think 90 percent of the comics in america even know who jack parr <laughs> is but jack parr was an innovator he's a guy who uh along with steve allen did a lot of comedy guys mm-hmm. you know, from uh dick gregory to lenny bruce those kind of guys like that who at that time were controversial mm-hmm. not now but those, uh, uh, Jack Parr was the guy gave a lot of guys a shot on through Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. And then now we got stuck. With Leno, who was a friend of mine, but Leno has not put on any comics or not even developed any comics. Leno's been on it 15 years. There has not been one major comic that has come from Michigan.
1: What do you think that's about? Letterman gave him a break.
2: I, well, I write about that on my blog, and, I, and it's going to be my book, too. Letterman and Leno, of course, started with me, mm-hmm. my writing staff, and they were the best of friends. And then this whole late show thing went down and mm-hmm. they became not friends. And Letterman is not a guy who has enemies. But if he had one enemy, it would be Jay Lennon. Is that right? Yeah, that's a very unusual situation that that would happen because Letterman is not that way. Letterman is a dark person. He kind of like hangs out with himself, with his hat, and with his cigar, and he does this thing. And for him not to like somebody... That's a strong move. Yeah, You know, but see, if you met Jay Leno, you'd love Jay Leno Mm -hmm. because he has a great personality. But he's let a lot of us down in terms of breaking new comics, putting the old friends on. Very important to get your shots. And I think that's where comedy changed when you saw the death jams and the local slams and the comic views and stuff like that. And even now, I say it's a strange turn of events in comedy with a white comic is the endangered species (laughs) because they have no place to go. Mm -hmm. You know, you have uh, uh, Blue Collar which is a major, major situation, but that plays to middle America. And I think that comedy has left out middle America and plays to the ends, you know, with the Sarah Silmans and Margaret Cho's and Patton Oswald and that kind of stuff like that. That's for Seattle, San Francisco, New York, L.A., But in Des Moines, Sarah Silverman doesn't play, Mm -hmm. you know. And it used to be in the old days they would say, make your comedy as universal as as possible so everybody will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Those days are over. Uh, There's comedy for black people now. There's comedy for ghetto. It's
1: real specialized, yeah. Yes.
2: Hispanic comedy, there's gay comedy.
1: Same way with radio, it's all oh, specialized too. Yeah, you
2: got, you know, you look at uh, in radio, you got mega, yeah. which is the blend of Hispanic and English. That blend, yeah, I mean, yeah, Anglo Hispanic, and you got the oldies for older people. And, you know, it used to be the old days. You got uh, the real Don Steele, Alan Freed. That was for everybody.
1: Exactly. We're talking everybody. to Jimmy J.J. Walker. He's going to be at Laughs Unlimited this weekend, and i tell you what, man. It's a funny show. I, I guarantee it. Give me a little dynamite before we hey, go.
2: we don't do that anymore. We put it in a retirement, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> okay, it's 92 Sacramento's pool only. So.
0: It's 12 minutes after 7 o'clock. Don't go away.
2: I didn't know you didn't do that anymore.
1: That's okay.
0: That's all for today's episode of celebrity interviews with joey mitchell join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on joey's show until now now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash joey mitchell podcast patreon.com slash joey mitchell podcast and you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers please visit and like joey mitchell's podcast on facebook and tell us what you think thanks for listening